did a couple, did a couple, just not, it's just, it's just not the same. It's basically like an online gig is basically like this, what we're doing right now. You're just talking shite into your computer with other people. You know, it's not, there's no audience or, yeah. and look, don't get me wrong. Fair play to everybody who runs them and stuff. Cause I think, you know, comedians need it just to have something, but like, it's just, you, you couldn't compare the two really, but that and an actual live gig is just not the same. Um. Yeah, it's just yeah. a, a watered down version. Yeah. So, um, The Shining, directed in 1980 by Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, O'Toole, master of the segues. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I know. The Shining. Yeah. Guys, do you like The Shining? I like The Shining. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that probably like a lot of movies i definitely saw the simpsons version of it before i saw the film probably a, a, a good bit before same i think that's our, yeah, our entire true. generation i think so yeah that show really is a lot to answer for we know so a lot of movies you're watching are like oh the simpsons parody was much better yes and it's actually ruined <laughs> yes. this movie now i can't take it seriously the shining still great there's one yeah that's the thing the yeah. shining you know it's it, it's not ruined in any way by the parody. That's just testament to how good the film is. But, uh, yeah. Uh, there's one bit in particular I'm thinking of in The Simpsons with uh, where, like, they've got James Bond or James Bunt, I think they call him, and he's tight, strapped down to, like, a table, and there's a laser, you know, yeah. like, slowly going up the table towards his crotch, and he, like, flicks a coin, and it divides the laser and splits the cuffs, and he runs off. And I, I, have you ever seen that film? I don't know which one. I think it's from Moonraker. And I finally no, Goldfinger. That. Is that Goldfinger? And oh, it's Gold, it's Goldfinger, yeah, Goldfinger. Yeah. And he's and yeah. he's strapped to the table, <laughs> and they're about to laser him, and he just says like, "Or uh, yeah, go, yeah." He gives away the name of the uh, the the mission they're doing or something, but he doesn't know what it means. He just says a word, and they're like, "Whoa, turn off that laser!" What do you mean? Explain yourself. Yeah, and like that's how it states. <laughs> Which is he just most... totally bitches. I was like, please, I fucking suck your dick. Oh. Please don't laser me, man. Please. <laughs> yeah. He's just, it's such a fucking, that was a big letdown. But The Shining, yeah. not a letdown. He just gives them like all the MI5 documents here. Yeah. Here's everything I got, please. Just let me go. You want names and locations? Uh, that's a James like Bond a I would watch. I would identify with that much more if he was just like a pathetic little weasel who just like, <laughs> that's the way he got out of all of his problems, just like by ratting out like yeah, the mission Wimpy the Bond. whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kill the girl, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is his, that is his attitude, though. Hey, yeah, boy, he hides yeah. it. He does it with his Scottish accents. Yeah. Um, I was really looking forward to that new Bond movie, but now it's been delayed again. But uh, but I can tell th- this isn't this isn't The Shining. This is a uh, this is Bond talk. The Shining. Uh, although there's a new sh- was there a sequel to that recently? Was that also delayed? Oh, Doctor Sleep. Doctor yeah, Sleep. Near the end. Yeah, yeah. But uh, well, how do you feel about The Shining, Brian? Uh, I love it. But what I want to know is, would you actually do it? Would you stay in that hotel for that amount of time? I mean, we kind of are doing that now in lockdown. Yeah, kind of our our entire lives are like a less cinematic version of The Shining. You know, there's not the the set design isn't as elegant and the cinematography isn't as good, but it is as depressing and sad for all of yeah, us. Yeah, and actually, they, they were in a big, nice hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Just, a, just in the gaff. Enough. They were. I mean, yeah. how, how long is it again that he's, he has to stay there? 
like over the winter. So yeah, the whole winter. It's yes, yeah, so it's it's about three months, three to four months. I, I'm not sure if they specify. Yeah, it's probably I'm not even. He has a TV. Yeah, that's and, right. And a typewriter. Yeah, I thought for some reason <laughs> I thought he had no TV or nothing. But no, he's got TV. Bring some books. The only nine thing is bringing the family. That's the only thing. Only he should have went up there by himself. Yeah, by yourself, yeah. you ran. You yeah. got that annoying son wandering around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or that hysterical woman giving it all that yap, yap, yap. Did you abuse our son? Uh, Excuse me, miss. I'm trying to write a novel here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd say, Brian, you got that no TV thing from The Simpsons. No, I didn't get that, actually. (laughs) No, but that's that's the line they use in that episode. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Uh, Yeah, okay. No um, TV, no beer. Yeah. No, the shining doll. It'd be so funny if Brian has made all of his notes on The Simpsons and he just doesn't get that the film <laughs> exists outside of that world. Yeah, I thought Kubrick just guest directed an anime TV show. Yeah. <laughs> One, like a 10-minute segment of an animated TV show. Yeah, when yeah. I watched the actual film, I'm like, where's Homer? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when, when does Willie show up? I don't remember Brian's killer keeper Willie having that tan. What's going on here? Yeah. He's meant to be Scottish. This is all wrong. <laughs> so, um, anyway. yeah. Right. So, anyway, The Shining, okay? So, we start off yeah. with Jack Torrance, okay? And no. he's played by Jack Nicholson. Yes. Yeah. Now, this was not like the first choice was Nicholson, but the backup, okay, if they couldn't get him, was between. Robin Williams, Harrison Ford, and De Niro. Now the yeah. trade wow. there, you, you know, could do it. I think Robin Williams probably. Well, no, De Niro. Yeah. De, it's got to be De Niro. De Niro is in the same class because this is like 1980. He's still doing really good work at that time. Uh, Robin Williams is a bit too silly. I, I wouldn't even rate Harrison Ford. He would be a bit too like whatever. I think. I don't I'd be know. Interested to watch. Like, if there was, like, um, a, a reel of them doing auditions, I'd love to watch it. Yeah. Um, but what was, like, what was Robin oh. Williams doing around that time? Like, coke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of coke. 1980, that's still Mork and Mindy, isn't it, Robin yeah. Williams? Like, it's yeah. Popeye, yeah. He's doing, he's doing Popeye. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, like, maybe later... I know, mean, it's interesting. Shelley Duvall played his wife in Popeye. Ah, yeah. there you go. She actually does look like what a year that must have been for her. The Shining and then Popeye, yeah. and she was definitely like. Have you seen her Popeye's recently? Gonna, Popeye's gonna make me. Everyone knows Popeye. No one's ever heard of Stephen King. Uh, <laughs> what's Shelley Duvall looking like now? Well, have you not seen? Not good. Oh, she's had a full-blown mental breakdown, and she basically blames Stanley Kubrick for it. Oh wow. Oh shit! Yeah, she actually. Yeah, I'm looking yeah, at yeah. Quick there, look up Sally Duvall now. I am. No, I'm looking at her. She looks like the woman that attacks Jack Nicholson halfway through this film. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Um, well, uh, Kubrick was like notoriously hard on her through the whole shoot because he wanted her to basically have a mental breakdown because it looked good in the film. He was kind of notorious for really fucking with his actors like that. Basically, yeah. he saw actors as props. I think. Um, good, yeah. I, I mean, that's how you get good like films. Yeah, if not he even didn't, good props. 
we just have what do you want james just like 30 years of popeye remix uh we need <laughs> we, we need directors to treat human beings like garbage so that we can have good things yeah. to watch well i'm pretty sure stanley kubrick is the only film director in history to ever be mean to the actors i think everyone think so. else acted very accordingly and were very pleasant yes yeah. <laughs> he's the one standout and you know what that's why he's yeah. the best Everyone on the set of Transformers felt very respected and, uh, you know, yeah. Anyway, look, we're, we're getting off track. Let's get back to the show. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so he decides to take a job mind this hotel, even though they tell him, yeah. look, hey, by the way, and it's not a big deal, but the last guy who did it murdered his, his wife and twins. Yeah. But no big deal. You still want to do it? You still want to bring your family? And Nicholson's like, yeah, of course, definitely. Why wouldn't you? Of course, yeah. I'm not a beep. I ain't no sissy. Yeah. And I'm not a Nancy boy. Yeah, I'll do out, it. Uh, Nicholson in the past had a little bit of an incident with Danny, his son, where, yeah. you know, Danny kind of put his arm the wrong way and got, you know, got dislocated. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's not Nicholson's fault. No, it happens. No. Um, yeah. The kid was being a real. A real wise-ass. real S.O.B. Yeah, he's yeah. been a real wise Hey, smart mouth, huh? Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they, do they already, do they allude to that really early, basically, that Jack Nicholson is a alcoholic who, like, dislocated the son's shoulder or whatever? Yeah, Jack yeah. did a whoopsie in a drunken for his son. Well, he's off to drink the owl. Yeah, yeah. And in the book, they also say that he lost his teaching job because he didn't learn a little whoopsie. Oh, like he attacked but another kid? On the book, yeah. They, he got they don't say bit, what uh, it was? Violent. No, just say he got a little bit drunk and violent, the kid. Wait, Brian, did you read oh, a book? Okay. Years ago, yeah. Oh, don't show, oh, you nerd. Oh, yeah. I, but, but I banged a chick afterwards. Okay, I'll allow it. Uh, fair enough. I, I read Seven. I read a book and then twelve years later I banged a chick, so that cancels that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um I'm just picturing you during uh, just being like, Have you ever read The Shining? It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But um So they head to the hotel and they meet Scatman. Okay. Yeah. Scatman Crothers. Yeah. Is he, and he yeah. is he the one that tells them that the previous tenants died, or did they, they do tell him that in no. the meeting actually before he goes up? Yeah, yeah, do, yeah. Like, yeah. So it's the guy Ullman is the guy who like owns the hotel, and he sits him down and tells him everything that happened. But then uh, Dick Halloran, played by Scatman Crothers, he sort of shows around uh, <clears throat> like Wendy and Danny, and then he kind of sits Danny down and says, "Look, there's some wild shit popping off in this place." Yeah. That, you know that's verbatim. A... That's exactly what he does. <laughs> yeah. You're going to do a O'Halloran. What's his name? O'Halloran. Yeah, no, it's Dick Halloran. Dick Halloran. Dick Halloran. We're going to do a prequel series yeah. about him. Oh yeah, that's... really? Yeah. yeah, and then Doctor Sleep kind of filled the box office, and they were like, "Nah." <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's such an unnecessary film. The Shining is such a classic. Why try to hinder its legacy with? A piece of shit sequel. I need to know Dick Halloran's backstory. Yeah, uh, I want to see him in the 70s slapping a few bitches. Yeah. <laughs> With his mind, got... doesn't he have to use his fist? You see that one scene of his room, and doesn't he have, like, some uh, 
He's got a lot of foxy ladies hanging on his uh, hanging on his wall. Yeah, he's got a groovy room. Yes. He's got yeah. two hey, black he... women, two naked black women on his wall. Yeah, that's the guy yeah. I want to know more about. I want to see a prequel. Where did those portraits come from? You know, where are those women there? Well, the thing is, he's in a hotel at that scene. That's a hotel. Did he bring so he those with him, or is he just staying in the coolest hotel ever? So he hangs These them the... up when he gets in. <laughs> Another weird thing about that film, if you there. actually rewatch every hotel room, if you rewatch the scene, there's four lamps in the bedroom. One like at each corner of the bed, basically. It's very weird. The whole That's layout of his hotel room is bizarre. But anyway, it's kind of inside lamps. baseball. It's just, it's strange, but anyway, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a very sensual hotel, though. It is. It's very nicely lit. But anyway, look, where are we? So they're, he takes the job. Yeah. yeah. He, he, they're in the hotel now, and it looks, it looks pretty nice. He got loads of food. And uh, yeah. Danny's seen yeah. dead twins in his imagination. Yeah. And, uh, twins, eh? That's pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Danny's, awesome. uh, Danny's like, I gotta get their phone numbers. <laughs> He's riding around, sweet low rider. It just—it would have been great if there was a scene like in Animal House where Danny's climbing up the ladder, just looking in at the window at the twins. And he turns around and looks at the camera and kind of raises his eyebrow, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, nah, Kubrick didn't want to have fun with it. He was very serious. All over. Yes. Yeah. That... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And then, if he should have had sunglasses the whole time he was cycling around on that tricycle. Um, <laughs> this is the 2020 Red remake. Bob, that we need. Red Bob. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Jack, as you're saying, is a writer. He's working on a project. Yeah. And he's yeah. trying to work on it. And Wendy, his wife, is being very chipper. Yeah. Yeah, she's very like, oh, we're just going to make the best of a bad situation, huh, hon? Why don't you get the fuck out of my room, you bitch? He's like incredibly hostile to them almost immediately. There's yeah. no real progression of anger. He's kind of a dickhead from the very start. Well, that which was is great. I love it. He's that a dickhead before it starts. Oh. What's that? It, like, what? is it? Because I think the whole like him dislocating Danny's arm, that happens like pretty soon before the events of the film. So, isn't it like within. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was like a couple of months ago, I think. So she's like, "Yeah, I think you're right." Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a violent alcoholic. He's been dry for a couple of weeks. I think the best thing this man needs is isolation, isolation, and me, <laughs> and his his son slash victim. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, but what is that? Is that how? What were you saying about Stephen King? Stephen King didn't like this film because he said, uh, um, uh. Jack should have been friendly at the start. He was too cold. So and then, no real okay, yeah. yeah. Stephen King probably is for the benefit of like, he probably sat down and watched that film and was like, no, I don't like this. I don't, uh, I don't know. He should have been, he oh. should be friendlier at the start. And then someone's like, is that how you written the book? He's like, oh, fuck, yeah, I wrote this. Uh, that man was so coked out. <laughs> He's really the only like author who can go see films based on his books and like be as surprised as anyone else. Yeah, yeah well, like, like, didn't Kubrick pretty much, there is so much in the book that he basically abandoned and, like, and then he added all of his own stuff, like, the maze and the the, yeah. the way it ends and, everything. like, a lot of it was very different, wasn't it? For the better. Yeah. Is, is, is I that... haven't read the book, but I love the film, so I'll agree. 
There's yeah. like statues moving around and stuff. Remember that? Is is that where the famous? Uh, I didn't. Is that book with the uh, turtles all the way down? Is that is that that Stephen King one or is that it? That's it. Okay. I suppose you've read all the books, Brian, cover to cover. No, there's a lot of them. We read good few, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. You're a dork, <laughs> Brian. Just admit it. You're a dork. I'm I bet you, bragging, you shouldn't but, uh... be on the podcast with two legends like me and Larney. Yeah. We win awards, baby. You're out there read reading books. books like a like a Dur- Nancy boy. We're Durban's winning awards. Book reader. <laughs> I'll burn all the books for you. I'll film it just to show Please that I'm do. cool. Please. Excellent. Yeah. Um, but so he's he's in there. He's straight away. He's annoyed. Yeah, he's kind of a away, failed, he's like, he's a failed writer. Bullshit. This is bullshit. There's no drink here. This is bullshit. So he start, well, he, uh, he goes to the bar, okay, and he imagines a barman. Lloyd. Yes. And uh, mm. he actually calls his wife the old sperm bank. <laughs> well, I'll interject. Some say that he's calling uh, Danny the sperm bank. Have you heard that theory? Oh, Tell yeah. More. What? Tell me more. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, they, you know, just having a problem with the old sperm bank upstairs. And then he immediately just starts talking about uh, how that he hit Danny or whatever. So it's like some fucking people are like, oh, that means he's talking about Danny. He's like, there's absolutely no logic behind the reasoning whatsoever. But people just like to throw, like, there's so many weird theories about this film. Yeah. Like, obviously, I'm sure you heard that whole moon landing thing and. Like, this film really brings the crazies out of the woodwork. But that's why you gotta love it, you know? Although, right, so the moon landing thing, I always thought that was mad. But then I saw 2001 A Space Odyssey for the first time, like, maybe two years ago. And yes, and now I understand it. I mean, the moon the moon landing looked like dog shit compared to that for them. And that for them came out <laughs> two years before the moon landing, I think. Or, like, right yeah, afterwards. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I always thought it was just this, like, I was like, why, why Kubrick is this mad? Like, it looks way better. I think he had to totally... Oh, yeah, 100%. The landing. Well, what people uh, say yeah. is, if it was by Kubrick, there wouldn't be any mistakes in it, and it would look way better. Yeah. That, the yeah, fact that yeah. it looks kind of shitty is, like, proof that's real. He just gave... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Cause... He bollocked Neil Armstrong. That's why he was such a quiet man when he got back from the moon. He was just <laughs> chastised by Kubrick when he was... For so I don't know why he's like got back from the moon as if Kubrick was like yes I'll do your film I'll film the moon landing but we actually have to do it on location because I'm an auteur and he made them go to the moon and, and there's a bit in where Neil Armstrong turns to the camera and he's like you got a bit of trouble with the old sperm bank <laughs> yeah. so he's talking to Lloyd we kind of jumped a bit though this is a good bit in now have, we haven't like missed out on anything yet have we? no he kind of goes mad very quickly yeah his yeah, wife asked true, him one yeah. question. He's like, "That's it. I'm going insane. <laughs> I'm making the choice to go insane. Time to hallucinate." So he goes to the bar and uh, he actually like puts his head on the counter and says, "God, I'd sell my soul for a glass of beer." So then the ghost appears. So there's that kind of uh, Faustian pact uh, angle, you know, that it's a a deal with the devil. He basically agrees to murder his family on behalf of the sinister elements of the hotel because he gets a nice glass of scotch. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Very good. Very nice. I, they also used the words thanks, white thanks, man's Brian. burden. Thanks, Brian. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, they used the words white man's burden. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, another element. It's on an uh, Indian really burial ground, about, isn't it? Of course. Yeah, it's like they're they're. It's built on an Indian ancient Indian burial ground. There's a lot yeah. of like uh, Native American symbolism and iconography, like all throughout the set design. So, yeah. like people have said, you know, this is obviously a very strong commentary on the uh, Native American genocide and also uh, about the Holocaust as well. People have kind of pointed out that there are a lot of things that allude to that, but. Isn't that the whole theme of the film? Like past, you know, his, histories of violence and trauma linger and uh, affect, you know, the generations that follow. It's kind of like a big theme of the whole film, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's setting up the place as kind of bad vibes, man. Um, yeah, bad vibes, yo. You wouldn't want to take juju. shrooms at the Overlook Hotel. No. But I, I do, I like the angle they went with where, like, he doesn't break a step. But Lloyd appears and offers him like there's no ghost. Like he's just he just goes with it. He's very comfortable. Yeah, exactly. There's no he doesn't split up and then like ask Lloyd for Scooby snacks. He's just straight in, no messing. Here's a man who's offering me a drink. I'm not going to be rude and ask him where he came from. Let's just go with it. Are you a apparition? Am I going mental? No, you just want the drink. Kev, yeah. you're right, actually, because, like, after that, the next thing, he sees, like, just a naked woman getting out of the bat, and he's like, yeah. Yeah, straight in. This is great, you know? She's uh, not going to turn into an old yeah. bitch. And is, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here, does he go to that room because Danny told him he was attacked there? Or does he find it before that? Uh, uh, James, do you know this? I'm, well, see, I think while he's going... It, there's like a bit of cross cutting here, if I remember it rightly. So we see Halloran in his hotel room, who's like he's shining, right? So he's picturing what Danny's picturing, yeah. and then it cuts to Danny, and Danny's like having he's got that little seizure face, and he's got like spit coming out of his mouth, and then yeah. we see like fucking Jack Nicholson going into the room. So there's kind of a debate: like, is Jack actually going in, or are we just seeing, you know? A, like a dream or like Danny kind of fantasizing or a shining or whatever. So there's a lot of, so that's the whole thing about the film. Like there's so much, um, there's a lot of intentional ambiguity put around it. It's like, is this actually happening? Is somebody just fantasizing it? You don't yeah. really know. It's kind of, it's, it's, that's the whole thing. Like the whole place, the, whole, the movie is a labyrinth and it's I set in the labyrinth of the hotel. The spit on his face. You know? The spit on his face. Yeah. Sperm bank. Hmm. Oh, Sperm there you bank. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. There's well, there's another to, like, theory that the yeah. Oh yeah, that he's isn't there an early scene where he's like lying on a bear, and then yeah, the bear, the end, and then yeah, when the things say that the up. the weird bear giving the man a blowjob is actually symbolic of the sexual abuse Danny has suffered yeah, at the hands yeah, of his yeah. father. Which, to be honest, yeah. right? I mean, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that like. Say I directed this film, people would be like, "That doesn't make any sense." You did, You're a bad director. oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, isn't there a whole thing about how like the layout of the the labyrinth doesn't make sense? Yeah, it's supposed this is to. A bit I love. Yeah, but it's, yeah. It's... right. Yeah, Brian, you love it, and you fucking you you and all these film nerds get hard, and they're like, "He's such a genius. He no, made the like set design that like doesn't even make the sense." Architecture. But if I made a set design that didn't make sense, people would be like, you're an idiot and a bad director. Like, you go in one room and then there's a window that shouldn't be there and everyone's like, Kubrick, bravo, you're an auteur, this is fantastic. Well, 
it is just kind of testament to how uh, notorious he was for how meticulous he was. Like he was like anal retentive obsessive compulsive kind of guy like he he was kind of he was sloppy and he had a good pr man that's all that this is (laughs) Uh, that's actually i prefer that i prefer that yeah you know what's interesting as well is so this is right after barry linden yeah Yeah. so if you've seen barry linden it's not really a mainstream film it's like a three-hour film about a guy um slowly rising up the ranks in in class and society it's not exactly like you know it's not star wars no. Yeah. yeah. So this but, was this was Kubrick's attempt to be mainstream. The Shining is his attempt <laughs> to uh, a popcorn blockbuster. Yeah. Would, and, uh, I would any... say this film achieves it more than all of his other films, though. I think it does. Yeah. It does play like a straight psychological horror that has a lot of thrills for a mainstream audience, but then it works on uh, like a more cerebral level that you can kind of debate what he, you know different things mean etc but just as a standalone you know piece of oh, entertainment i think it works as you know definitely his biggest most mainstream appeal type film i don't know could be wrong no, i just love right. it so much that it's certainly less like lengthy psychedelic like, shots of a baby in space like it's more you're right like, yeah, exactly even if you're it apart it is just a sort of interesting film but um yeah I was reading about Barry Lyndon recently, actually. I think he was, or it was filmed in Waterford. And yep. That's right, was, yeah. he was going to do, he was going to do a time piece about something. And then someone else did it. So we gave up and did Barry Lyndon. But I don't remember I enough that of that. The Aryan Papers? No. I don't know. I think yeah. that was a bit later, actually. Yeah, uh, I don't know. But, was... uh, but like, yeah. so, so at the time of The Shining, so this is supposed to be his big mainstream blockbuster. What other had there been any other Stephen King adaptations that had done well before that? Like, because that's not really so. Yes. Yeah. I'm just guessing maybe Christine and a few other things. Carrie was Misery out before. Oh, Carrie, yeah, definitely, yeah. So like, Carrie, King was yeah. already he was already the king of horror. That's why Kubrick yeah. picked the Stephen King novel because he's like the biggest mainstream horror novel novelist you can find. Yeah. Yeah. Some fucking dosh. <laughs> this is me cashing. Yeah, yeah. With a simple, t- a simple bubblegum movie for the masses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I won't even bother designing the set properly. I'm phoning this one in. That's fucking in and out. <laughs> two weeks. I'm just gonna let my brother do the architecture. He's a bit simple, but I owe mom a favor, so I'll let him. I'll let him do yeah. it. Yeah, do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> so, so, uh, yes, guys, you're right. But Carrie was the first adaptation of a Stephen King uh, novel, and then The Shining. Okay. And um, Carrie was a big success, so I'd say he probably, you know, people were eager or like were very willing to allow. Yeah, let's do another big movie about a Stephen King book, and it'll oh, probably yeah, hit people, big. You even know, back in 1980, will be like it's it's written by it's based on a Stephen King book. Nice, let's go. I'm yeah, bring my girl. <clears throat> Try the old popcorn um, trick. Yeah, at the Shining. Yeah, like when you know that when yeah. he's kissing. But the old you kind of fuck it up, and you bring a bag yeah. of Manhattan popcorn instead of the box, and like it just doesn't work as well. Trust me. <laughs> Don't get okay, cayenne so... pepper on your popcorn. 
Anyway, so we're going okay, so where are we now day. in the film? We're going along, kind of skipping a bit here. We're going along, and he's becoming more and more mad. And he goes back for another drink. But this time, the place is full. The ballroom is full. And it, it's like a big dance. 1920s elegant ball, and it's full of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, everyone's great. The barman's back. He's getting another drink. And then uh, a waiter spills shit on him. So he has to go into the bathroom yeah. and be cleaned off. Yeah. And that's it. when he meets, finds out that the waiter is called Grady. Remember his name? Yeah. Yeah. He's I the do. guy who killed his family. Or is he? I don't know. I thought he was until you said, or is he? That really threw me. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, see, when he first gets the job, right, Ullman tells him that the previous caretaker, Charles Grady, murdered his family. But then yeah. the waiter that spills a drink on him reveals himself to be Delbert Grady and says that he's a different person. So then that okay. kind of ties in the whole theme of reincarnation that the evil manifests itself in repetition and like just personifies through different people or blah, 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 blah. You know yeah. what I mean? You know what I'm talking I know, I know yeah. what you're saying. Uh, that's interesting. <laughs> I never picked up on that before. That, um, yeah, that so scene. He is, says uh, he's Delbert Grady, yeah. Well, well, maybe he's just really made, right, like, Yeah, it's Delbert Grady, but he also killed his twins. Yeah. So I two think, Grady's yeah. killed two sets of twins. Coincidence? Even, so Charles Grady is a bit of like, a hack in comparison, if you'll pardon the pun, because he's oh, very derivative of Delbert. That, that's why you won like, the competition. Yeah. He's a copycat, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's why I win the awards, baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, that scene is beautiful with the the red bathroom. That's a. Yes. I wouldn't mind having a piss in there. Let me tell you. Oh, you feel so fancy. <laughs> you would. You wouldn't. You'd I actually to... probably couldn't go. I'd walk in, and I'd walk right back out again, and I'd say, "You'd love to kill bathroom. your children, then go into a nice bathroom like that." You would. Yeah. You could wipe yeah. your bloody hands on the wall. No one would even know. Yeah. Or <laughs> if you had like you a you know a bladder a infection, the shitter look good. Piss and blood. Yeah. Didn't show up. I don't know. <laughs> uh, What'd you say, Brian? I was saying Kubrick's such a good director. He made the shitter look good. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He probably reduced someone to tears over making that bathroom look as good as it did, and it was worth it. Hope so. It was. Oh, yeah. Grady Delbert also the... uses the N word. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah, bad. Are you aware, Mr. Torrance, that your son plans to bring in a beep? A beep. That's right. Yeah. I'm not going to quote the full thing, but uh, no. yeah, he does. He drops the end bomb. Yeah, that turned yeah. me off, Grady. Yeah, when he murdered his twins, I was like, okay, all right. It's it's contextual. <laughs> Everyone it's has an off times. day, sure. Everyone was murdered yeah. in the twins by then, but then he dropped the N-word, and I was like, no, thank you. I'm out of here. No, Grady. thanks. Yeah. Uh, more like D-Grady, because that word is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I wish it had been a Def Jam comic back in the 60s. They would have loved that. We'll all <laughs> they would have loved said that. Yeah. He's, and then he says he's a beep, and then everyone would be like, I haven't seen that film yet, and what's a beep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like, I, ple- I really hope anybody listening to this has uh, seen the film, because we're doing a very poor job of uh, describing how rich and dense and wonderfully put together the whole thing no, is we're just not. like yeah. this and he meets a ghost and i don't know <laughs> calls it the n-word or 
whatever, I don't know. And there's some little kid being a little prick. I don't know. The kids, we didn't even talk about the kids in Invisible Friend, dude. It was in his finger. Oh, uh, yeah, Tony. Yeah. yeah, which is a great name. Considering his name's like Danny Torrance, and then his imaginary friend's Tony. It's a bit of a letdown, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Not much of a, it's an imaginary friend, but not much imagination was involved, was there, Danny? No. <laughs> Danny is a real, a real piece of shit. I'm not sure if we've conveyed this yet, but Danny's psychic, by the way. Yeah, he's a little freak. He's got he weird powers. So, you know, if anything, Jack Torrance is doing right by beating the shit out of him. Trying to beat the weirdo out of him, you know? You little nut job. Yeah, he, um, he, he straightened him out. I mean, Danny today, uh, he, he spent a long and fruitful life working as a manager of a regional bank. He had a wife and two kids. <laughs> And uh, he only yeah, dressed Danny up. just takes his medication every day and he's grand. He's fine, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He got into watercolours in his 60s. He's a well-rounded individual. So, uh, <laughs> Wendy, speaking of well-rounded individuals, Wendy finds what Jack has been working on. Oh, yeah. And she doesn't appreciate his work. Yeah, which is a bit like... It's a pretty good, it's a, it's an easy book to read. I know you'd love it, Brian. It's really long. Well, it's all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And I bet yeah. you could actually sell that and be like, no, it's a, it's to calm your brain. So you read that over and over again and it calms you down. And if you sold it like that, it would sell. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, yeah, it'd be a good self-help book. Um, I like as well how, like, it's in different formats as well. Like, so somebody really had to meticulously type that over and over again like in with different fonts different spacing and stuff yeah it's uh yeah he, like he did another no what? i think kubrick would stand over someone and make them do it and then shout at them when they did it wrong You're and wrong. then at the very end go wrong do it again yeah yeah he'd, he'd make them do it for real to get that real like crazy intensity but um so, like, I, I think his, his whole... He doesn't even try to write a book then. He straight away, much like he straight away goes mad, his, like, first sentence is all work and no play. He's kind of, like... I suppose this is what we all learned during lockdown one. Like, you kind of all these ideas. You're like, if only I had the time. If only I didn't have the distractions of, you know, work and friends and modernity, I'd write the great Irish novel. And then you get stuck in lockdown and quarantine. There's nothing happening. And you still don't do anything. He had, yeah. He, he wanted to write a book, and he like that's the reason he takes the job is so that he can just have peace and quiet to himself to write. And then he can't do it because he's a fucking terrible writer. He just so goes straight into him. So it's yeah, like, it's I feel fault. like. Well, I I, I would argue book. Kevin that all the greats procrastinate to some extent. You know, maybe some. Uh, do their taxes, others murder the family. I mean, every every writer has their own process. You know, yeah. you have to learn yeah. to respect it. Yeah. That is true. Who am I to laugh at his process? He did produce that great, <laughs> the great set, the great work, old work and no play. Uh, one of the great American novels. Yeah. So Jack finds Wendy, and he threatens to uh, bash her brains in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then Wendy puts him in a fridge. Yeah. 
well, yeah, freezer. You really, fridge. you nailed it. That just encapsulated the whole thing. That's pretty much what yeah. happens. Yeah. That's and exactly look, what happens. No, yeah. Nothing else to really delve into there's, there. She puts there's a very a unsettling scene that kind of, I guess it plays into the whole what he might have done to Danny when Danny goes up to the room and like Jack's supposed to be sleeping and he calls him over to sit in his yeah. lap. That's yes, maybe it's because yeah. I was watching it kind of having read these things or I don't know, but there's something really unsettling about that, even though like nothing very like unsettling. Yeah. Like even though the music that's playing is like intentionally very unsettling. Yeah. You think at any minute he could like pick him up and throw him out the window. And yeah. just even the way that he, they, he interacts with his son, you know, he's kind of speaking like there's a real uh, malevolence in his eyes or something. It is. It's very unsettling. You get the sense yeah. he could hit him any second. Yeah, yeah. And you, and you want him to. That's what scares you most. <laughs> you want to see it. Like, yeah, do You're it. Egging him do on. it, Jack. Show him his boss. Who wears the trousers in this hotel? I'm about to show you as I so, take my uh, belt off, you little tramp. Well, so sorry, I kind of. Anyway. Jack's in the fridge. <laughs> yeah. And he, he talks yeah. to the goats and they open the door for him. Yes. At least we think so. You or do see, they? You yeah, don't exactly. see the door opening. We just hear the noise of it opening. Yeah. There's a theory that Danny actually opens the door because he's more consciously murdering his fa- father than he lets on. Oh. Really? But again, that's just... Yeah, no, Cause... that is a, definitely a theory that people put out there. Like, Because Danny, obviously, through the ability of shining, has he sees what his father is going to do. So in order to protect his mother and himself, I think he knows about luring him out into the maze. Again, another theory, no way to corroborate. It's just kind of... Well, that's a, that's a pretty baller. stupid plan, James. If you're going to, like, I can see that my father's going to mar- murder my mother and he's currently locked in a freezer, I'll let him out and then wait for him to get trapped in another place and then kill him. Why wouldn't he just fucking leave him in the freezer? You're right. It's a good yeah, point. It is very flawed logic. Again, that's not yeah. my theory. I, I, you very, very w- astute, Kevin. You made me look like a dickhead. Well done. Oh, here he comes. Dublin's yeah. next top comic 2020. Thinks he can shit on 2019 because I'm, I'm an old dog. You're an old. You're, you're part of the old. Yeah. You're part of the old family, but yeah, I'm, I'm fucking putting you out the pasture. The old school. You're, yeah. You're yeah. kicking in the doors. Dublin's going to show next this old top man Kubrick how theorist it's done. 2020. Um, and then Brian's going to come along in January 2021 and be like, listen here, you old farts. Uh, this is what really happened. Is there... I read a book. <laughs> yeah, you all do even know that that movie was based on a book. Uh, is there anything to be said about the fact that he's, yeah, he's trapped in a freezer, uh, a cold place, some would say. And then at the end, he's trapped mm. in a maze and freezes to death. Yeah. Maybe. Right, he's trapped in two cold places. That's all I got. To try to tear no, that apart. It's a better theory than James's theory. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my theory, dickhead. It's one of the many theories put out there, which you would know if you did your fucking research, you like, tramp. All right? Keep your mouth shut till somebody so talks much. to you. <laughs> no, it's funny. I was listening to one podcast about The Shining, and they said that the scene of the ghosts opening the door is the only supernatural thing that happens in the film. Yes, that's what yeah. I was going to say. So, that's yeah. the only point and they completely forgot the about the whole shining aspect. Well, apart from, that's the only time where, like, the ghosts, where, where it's sort of like the lines 
properly cross over between the supernatural doing stuff. Apart, yeah, apart from the fact that the kid can telepathically apart communicate from the fact that it's a random psych- dude. Psychic powers through the whole film. Yeah, but that's Well, you not could dope. make the argument that the psychic powers are really just like, you know, mental illness, schizophrenic delusions. You know, you could argue that. I think if like, if you took that kid to a psychiatrist, that's what they would say. So for the skeptics, they kind of have that. Whereas like that one bit where the ghosts let him out of the fridge really is like the one proper, this is yeah. a supernatural element and can't be explained any other way. Yeah, there's no other way he could have got out there apart from I think the Daniel ghosts. Or if Danny let him out. And they, yeah. they do, they do I, bring I, Danny again, I was just like to say it wasn't my theory. You guys are really like, there's a lot of resentment and contempt coming from both of you. It's like, Danny didn't let him out, James, you retard. It's like, I didn't say he did. I just said that that's a theory. When but I'm anyway. doing a Harvard citation of this conversation later on, I'm, I just need to like uh, take note of the time and date, the James Cadden theory. Um, I don't know if that, I don't know if jamescaddentheories.com, I don't know if that domain's been taken already, but I'll be putting up some hot. It has, hot yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, by me, actually, I tried to tie in uh, JFK and 9-11 to the moon landing conspiracy oh, and implicate Kubrick in all of them. Uh, and no, it's um, it's not a very popular website. I'll, I'll just say that. It just says Kubrick did it all. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the ghosts let Jack out of the fridge. Yeah. Jack gets an axe and starts running around the place going wild. And then he starts smashing the door yeah. while Wendy and Danny are trying to get out. Yeah. Interesting yes. facts, okay? Uh, one, they first used a fake door and Jack smashed it too quickly because he used to be a volunteer fireman. Oh. Yeah. So instead yeah. he used a real door. I mean, yeah, I guess why not? I suppose, yeah, I suppose if you're doing multiple takes, that's a lot of doors to go through, but... It's yeah. not onto Jack. Jack's used to breaking down doors and frightening women. Yeah, he's a volunteer <laughs> fireman and a bit of a drunk. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also the Here's Johnny line was improvised. That's true, okay. yeah. He ad-libbed it, yeah. yeah. Um, pretty, pretty iconic line. Indeed. Yeah. Well, it was already very well known because of it's was it Ed McMahon? That's how he announced Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show. Yeah, here's Johnny. Yeah. Here's Johnny. Um, yeah. Apparently Kubrick was like unaware of that, which I don't know how true that is, but that's why he left it in the film because he had never watched Johnny Carson apparently, so he never sense. put two and two uh, together. Huh? That, that seems like a very Kubrick thing to have like not watched. A, a yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, or at least to pretend not to have watched it. Yeah. Um, Scatman shows up dead. Yeah, immediately. Which is pretty funny. Yeah. It's a bit of a joke, a bit of a laugh. Yeah. But he does... So he gets up there on the bobcat, does he? Which means that the other two... Which does help the other two a bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is part of the plot. It's not like Kubrick's like, here's a bit of a joke for you. A black man dies. (laughs) (laughs) But it is kind of funny. Axe in the heart. I always forget it's in the heart as well. I always think it's in the back. So when it goes in the heart, I'm always like, Jesus. Sure. Yeah, it's very great. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is a kind of funny plot point that the whole, the whole film you see these updates of him on his way to save them, and then he 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 can't. He just fails. It's funny. He does the exact yeah. almost the exact same thing in Misery. 
Yeah. Oh, really? I mean, he he had a lot of themes, Stephen King. A lot of his books were just like, as the famous writer takes a lot of drugs, and then uh, some weird things happen. A famous sexy writer with a big dick is getting annoyed by his family. Yeah. Yeah, his name was Stefan Prince, and he had a dick the size <laughs> of my next novel. Let's get to the, the, <laughs> the most important part of this film, okay? When he's running around yeah. like a headless chicken, you know, she yeah. looks into a room, she sees a bear, what yeah. appears to be giving fellatio to a man in a suit. Yeah. Guys, what do you yeah. think? That was the one scene that properly unsettled me. I think I'd seen it before, but the first time I like properly saw the film was in. It is. I went it's to very see unsettling, it but I think that was unsettling. That was like the first what's... time. And they're like really messed. It up. has its uh, root in the book, though, doesn't it? Like yeah, because because it doesn't really explain what it is in the, in the film, but it's something to do with like there's no yeah. Like, so it's just interesting that he kept that element. element. Yeah. 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 Well, Brian, you you know, you, I'm sure you've memorized it. Is there there's something about like swinger parties in the book? I I remember swinger parties. I don't remember the bear, but I mean, yeah. what's scary? See, it wasn't a bear; it was a dog. Bear. He had him dressed like a dog in the book. Yeah. Oh, but then Kubrick was like, yeah. here they have bears in the gay community, so I can put two and two together." Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's but then that's, that's where the theory of the sexual abuse comes from yeah, because. Yeah. That guy's dressed like a bear, and then like, like bears show up. Like there's a picture of bears in Danny's room, and then when he's been examined by the nurse, he's lying on top of a huge teddy bear. Yeah. yeah. So like people have made that like thematic connection. Like that's Kubrick's way of conveying not only physical abuse but sexual abuse at the hands of the alcoholic Jack Torrance. Again, I think that's a great a theory. theory. Very tenuous links, I would say. What? <laughs> yeah, James, this is a pretty good theory. Hey, hang on, Kevin, if you one second. What do you say, Brian? <laughs> I said this is a great theory. You've completely brought back, like you redeemed yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that's what you said. Yeah. Well, just yeah, so you know, yeah, we're recording this, so I can listen back. All yeah, right. Actually, yeah. That is Don't actually what he said. The wall over my eyes I'll tell you that. I thought you'd stop yeah. him, James, to like get him to repeat his accolades, but um, yeah, that's <laughs> no, uh, no. That is that is uh, and. The, the scene where he gets him to sit in his knee does kind of feed into that idea that there's something untoward Yeah. this murderous madman. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. And then, so at what stage, where does the red rum scene come into it? That was earlier. That was much earlier, yeah. That's another, I guess. <laughs> Forget about that. We're past Forget it. it. We're done. We're uh, done. I mean, I what are we going to say? We're going to say, yeah, he says red rum. But it's it's murder in the mirror. That's another pretty iconic scene. He's got his weird finger talking. It is a very iconic scene. And it's also the most famous use of the mirrors. But obviously mirrors are used a lot in this film. They kind of symbolize showing the uh, the true intentions or the true nature of the characters. Um, like they're show like they're shown a lot reflected in mirrors to show separation between them. And also like, yeah, you know, in the bar where Jack Nicholson sees the ghosts, he's in front of a mirror. So it's like we sh yeah. we see the real dark underbelly of it. There's always mirrors involved. So the red rum thing is very and iconic. But I famously shown to us for the twins, mirror. he only actually had one girl and then a mirror. And he is just, that right? Yeah. 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 He just hired one. That's cool. I didn't know that. That's not true. No, but that's 
That's my that's my theory, James. You're not the only one who can come up with. Theories. Wait, it's not it's true. It's two girls. The joke, but it's not true. He didn't just have one girl oh, and then a <laughs> Yeah. I suppose. Well, yeah, I don't know. Cut, like, holding hands. It's not the preposterous thing. That's definitely something that gets done. Like you know, the sure. fucking Winklevoss twins and Social Network. Yeah, that's not a virgin. No, I'm an idiot. I'll admit it. I'm a retard. Ha 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 ha. You You know what? When you hear film people talk about, like, it's all smoke and mirrors, it's not literally smoking and mirrors. They use, like, fancy (laughs) computer generated technology. No, it's smoke. You ever watch Irish Man? They use smoke to make him look younger. Yes. (laughs) They filled the room with smoke so you couldn't see the Nero, and you're like, I bet he's probably young. I'd imagine he's a bit 30. <laughs> Yet for some reason he walks like an 80 year old man. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Um, so the past, uh, yeah, where are we now? Yeah. The, uh, the run around the maze. Fucking, yeah. it's, it's all gone Wait, mental. So right? bu- just go back to the bear thing though. Like, Is there anything else to be said about it apart from that theory? Well, I tell you, just, I looked up, like, it looked up now the bear that Danny has. Well, one of the bears in The Shining okay, is Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, and here's a fact: children who've been molested uh, sometimes hold their shit. What do you mean, <laughs> like, like literal shit? Yeah, they'll shit in their hand a lot. Okay. So, oh, and are you winning. serious? Yeah, I, that's true. I don't know. These are you. You fucking stretch <laughs> Armstrong here. Very I tenuous know. links here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's my team. And I'm the I'm asshole for saying theory. Danny let him out of the fridge. <laughs> Um. So, so they escape. So, is this before? I think it might be in the extended version. Is it? Or there's a scene where they're walking around the maze. Uh, Danny and his mother, and this Jack is, well, is looking. This in. is like this is an hour before. Yeah, but so that so that's where he, where he looks into the maze and he can see them running around. But yeah, this time yeah, he doesn't yeah. use that to try and find them. I it's suppose like, he's, he's gone mental, thing. like. He's not thinking clearly. He's not thinking I should use the magic maze in my writing yeah. room to find my, my wife and kid. Wait, what do you mean there? He's, he's like, when he's looking down in the maze, I don't, then when, I think it cuts to an aerial shot of the maze, doesn't it? Like, I don't no, think he can actually. It cuts between the two of them, isn't it? And he's kind of like looking down at the maze, smiling, and then it shows them. It is like an aerial shot. I, I never I thought it was got the idea that, he that see he's them. seeing them in the maze. Yeah, I never got that either. I think it is just, yeah, but, uh, you know. I don't know. I thought, because he looks, okay, maybe he's just really happy to see that maze. He's, he's looking over it very sinister-like, and he's like, Well, Danny. yeah, arguably he is maybe seeing it in his mind's eye, perhaps, or like imagining it, but I don't think he's actually seeing it there in the physical, I don't know. I mean, this is a man who just got served an imaginary drink by a ghost barman. I think he could probably could what? imagine a maze. But no, yeah. Yeah, no, maybe he just he just liked the model. But um, so he doesn't use the magic maze this yeah, time. Yeah, he's autistic. He runs... That's what it is. He just likes models. <laughs> he doesn't realize there's a real maze outside. He's just like, I really like it. <laughs> he <laughs> loses like... his shit. He sees the real maze. That's what causes it. It's like, holy yeah. shit, look at this thing. Awesome. He's trying to get into the fake one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's trying... yeah, it's like, how do people solve these things? Um... But uh, so then, so right. he's outside. So they 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 escape at a window and like go down this big thing of snow, and then they're running around yeah. outside. 
and he follows them into the middle. Well, it's actually yeah. just Danny. Danny gets out the window, not not Wendy. Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We. Yeah. Uh, so they're running around the maze. Everything's going mental. We're just yeah. I mean, there's not much you can say. He runs around the maze. They jump in the they jump in the snow snow buggy, and uh, you know Jack get Jack gets cold at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant end. Picture of a part Fourth of July. Fourth of July. Think of that. Oh yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, white man's bourbon. Okay. Sure. And then uh, it says 1924, and Jack's in the picture. Yeah, yeah. Which mental film? I guess that the you just kind of throw in that twist at the end that he's been there all along. Uh, yeah, yeah. What was yeah. your interpretation of that? Well, I was that Delbert really does tell him you've always yeah, been the caretaker here, caretaker. and I should yeah. know because I've always been here too. Yeah, but yeah, you know, that little bit at the end where it's like there's a cross dissolve when it like zooms into the picture, and like for a frame or two, there's like a little Hitler mustache on Jack Nicholson's lip. Oh yeah, you see that? Fucking that up now. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So, like, there's a lot of cross dissolves in this film. So we first see kind of like a wide shot of the picture of like Jack Nicholson surrounded by all the people and then it zooms in closer to Jack Nicholson's face but it's done as a cross dissolve so you can kind of see the two images overlaid each other at once and for a frame or two there's a little Hitler mustache on Jack Nicholson's lip people have pointed out okay so he's he's literally is this the connections of the holocaust well there is that but then there's also like the typewriter it was like a german brand it was called adler which is eagle in German, okay. apparently, and obviously oh, the oh, eagle, you know, you know the Nazis. But then the number forty-two is used a lot in the film, like you sure. see it a lot, like written down or whatever. And forty-two is when the Nazis finalized their final solution plan for the Holocaust or whatever. Yeah. So like there are like foods and like Kubrick was very obviously fascinated with the Holocaust. He had planned to do in a film called The Aryan Papers. So he had read extensively about it. And the whole theme of the film with the Native American genocide is just like how the trauma, the traumatizing effects of war and genocide linger, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's, kind of, you know, a big theme of the film. So, uh, but it, I don't think, you know, he's necessarily saying Jack Nicholson is Hitler. It's just a cool little, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's intentional on his part or not, but it's just something that film geeks have noticed over the years, the cross dissolve shows the little Hitler mustache. It well, is, I'm yeah. Telling yeah. You, lads, I'm looking at the picture now. I got too excited at first just typed in Hitler. <laughs> and then you're like, Jesus, <laughs> Jack Nicholson really looks like this Hitler fellow. But then I put in the shining <laughs> Hitler mustache. I'm looking at, I don't think that could not be not unintentional. You use a lot Could of you phrase that started, please. I forgot halfway through what I even mean. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that was on purpose. Kubrick wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, think- it you know plays into Kubrick. He was very meticulous and oversaw every aspect of the production. So when something is in there, you kind of have to, you know, with other filmmakers, you could go a bit of a coincidence, but with him, he's, you know, it's it's harder to dismiss it, you know. You know, yeah. it's funny. You look up, like, 
uh, Nicholson Hitler mustache. And you know, we always have related pictures underneath it. Yeah. The related pictures is Sam Neill. <laughs> <laughs> what would happen if you mixed Hitler and Jack Nicholson? You get Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. He doesn't even have a mustache. Very no. strange. No, he that's him. Um, no, it's just his ideological he, he doesn't look like Hitler at all. He looks like Spider Man. He's that. Oh, wait, actually. I suppose maybe. See, takes a while. Yeah. Nah, that's. That's an I think accident. that was not, not unintentional. This is too. I think that that's not, not, couldn't be always intentionally unplanned. This is just more people sucking off Kubrick's stick. He accidentally. He tried to do a crossfade, he messed it up, and everyone's like, it's Hitler and the Holocaust. What did you No, miss? I disagree. Bravo. I think it's, it's not that he planned. It's not something that he planned, but it's something that he noticed, I'm sure, while they were editing it and decided to leave it in. I don't think it was intentional to do it like that. I just thought, oh, look at that. That kind of looks like a Hitler mustache. Yeah, let's leave that in. That looks good. I don't sure. know. I'll, I'll meet you halfway, Larnie. I'll meet you halfway. <laughs> he looks like Mussolini. You're just like you're just like dedicated to the idea that Kubrick was a bumbling idiot who just like failed upwards. Just because yeah, every film is dipping like, on banana yeah, peels. I, I would like every I like film that. that I've made. Everyone's like, "Oh, that shouldn't go there." Oh, why is that character do that? They nitpick it and they make me look like a fool. Every nitpick that, yeah. like, anytime anything doesn't make sense in a Kubrick film, people are like, "He's a genius. He can't do any wrong." I'm just yeah. sick of the double standards. <laughs> that you should be as regarded as Kubrick is what you're saying. Thank you. Yes. I, yes. I mean, I haven't that's, actually made That's it why up. you win the awards. That's why, you yes. know, Dublin's next top comic slash Kubrick. Yeah. yeah. It's Dublin's next top Kubrick. Uh, I, haven't <laughs> ha I haven't made a film yet because I'm too afraid that I won't be treated as well as Kubrick. <laughs> so I'm, I'm defensive. I'm preemptively <laughs> Same standard as Kubrick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I should be. <laughs> because I haven't done anything yet, but I know that I will be great. Better than Kubrick, who was a fool and sloppy. But I did like Danny's Apollo jumper. I will give him that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Do you think that well, was a should, uh... landing? Yeah, the moon, that's the big one for the moon landing conspiracy. People are like, yeah, look at it's a rocket ship yeah. on his jumper. That means he faked the moon landing. It's like, is that what it means? Yeah. I think that that's what it means. But, um, <laughs> well, exactly it, it means. It, yeah, I was saying it earlier, but like 2001 like, really does look, it looks way better than any of the footage from the moon. But, uh, I went to see that in, in the lighthouse cinema there in Dublin. And I went in and, uh, you know, the trailers played and whatever, and there was ads and stuff. And then the movie came on and it's playing the iconic music. And I, I'd never seen it before, but it, it was just like this flicker and light and then a circle in the middle. And that's kind of like how yeah. it, it kind of went on like that for a few minutes. And I was like, this isn't, I know, like, this isn't the film. I know this is supposed to be like a bit of an out there film, but this isn't, something's wrong. And I went out and like said it to the guy at the, at the door. And <laughs> I've never been more like condescended to in my life. He was just like, it's, oh, it's a... Uh, don't worry about it, man. It says in his born in space, obviously, it's a, it's a Kubrick. Like, it's a... And he was like, I'm sure Iron Man will show up soon, you know, it'll be all fine. When did you go sit, <laughs> sit yourself down, sit your pretty little face down, and then watch the Kubrick film. This is, this is, this isn't a, this isn't a movie, this is a film. 
And I went back inside and Where's sat down. Where's the Batman? When's he coming? Yeah. Which, do, do I need to see uh, all of the Avengers to understand this? Or can I just jump in? And then I went and sat down. And then he came in like a couple of seconds later. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, man. The cap is still on the camera. And I've never been more vindicated. They left the fucking cap on the camera. Oh, and every- brilliant. There was like 30 or 40 people in the screen. Presumably a lot of them had seen this film before and no one said anything. Yeah. Everyone just sat there and was like, this is great. They're all cowards. <laughs> you, all... ironically enough, stood up like Spartacus and demanded yeah. that the cap be taken off the projector. And yeah, the only reason I, like I was it. so cautious about going out is because I was like, Kubrick probably bumbled this as well. This probably is the start of the film. He probably left his cap on the camera. <laughs> he probably didn't even realise. <laughs> And everyone was too scared to say that this is shit. Um, but yeah. then the actual film played, and it was it was very good. I enjoyed it a lot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I would have loved to have seen it in the cinema. I'd also love to see The Shining on the big screen. I'd say that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think I saw them both in the light. I, I feel like most films I go see are films I've like seen before, but on my, you know, like I've watched them on my phone in my bed on a hungover Sunday, which is exactly how Kubrick <laughs> intended it. <laughs> like, like, yes. Yeah. 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 I watched uh, 2001 on a portable DVD player on um, you know one of those exercise <laughs> balls. <laughs> An exercise ball. Yeah. Well, you mean like you were on the exercise ball or the? Yeah, I was on it. Bouncing portable up and DVD down. was on the ball. No, I was on it, bouncing up and down. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to lose a bit of weight here. Yeah. It was like you were in zero gravity. Well, while educating yourself on film history. Yeah, yeah I, like I was it. like, this is class. Yeah. Um, well, I've got a film history fact for you, Brian. You love Go. film history facts. Uh, the start of um, the start opening scenes of The Shining where they're driving up the avenue up to the house for ages. Uh, yeah. The end, one of the multiple endings of Blade Runner. You know, the, did you ever see the version with the happy ending? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're driving off into the sunset, and he's like, "Robot, me? No way, baby. We're gonna live forever." Uh, that's the same footage. They reuse that winding car footage. So there's just yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, yeah it's the two of them filmed in the car, and then like the rest of the footage is the same is a uh, leftover footage from that opening of the Shining. Isn't it weird how like isn't the horse all the horse stuff is from Legend, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, I I like the horse stuff. I don't know. That's another movie that probably deserves its own podcast. But there's we'll a lot. We'll do that another time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the horse stuff was a bit out there, but yeah, well, there was no horse in The Shining, and that's why it works, in my opinion. I think. Um... Yeah, this is. <laughs> Although actually, there's quite a few references to horses and Indians, but no actual animals, which I think made yeah. it much better. No robots either. Well, uh, there is one theory that uh, there was a robot <laughs> in the freezer at that time. Hey, all right. That's a callback. That's, That's why he wins the awards, people. The game. Yeah. Um, uh, I like it. Yeah. But right, yeah, we'll is there anything else, Brian, that you can say or tell us that we haven't really covered? I think we skimmed over quite a bit there. Yeah, yeah well, look, we kind of did, uh, you know, obviously, like, yeah, it's a very important film. And, uh, you know, yeah. All looks like. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all we should bother saying. Um, Stephen King did his own version that wasn't very good. Okay. I'd recommend it's a miniseries. It. Yeah, I'd recommend watching this for the weird CGI in it. Very dated. And uh, then mm. Doctor Sleep came out last year. Don't bother watching it. Yeah. Did you watch it? 
I did, yeah. I watched the extended cut as well, like an idiot. Uh, yeah, so you, you went right in. You're like, this is going to be great. I watched the extra long version first. Yeah. Uh, Jump straight into the deep end. But yeah, it's not that great. It doesn't really feel like it's worth it. The only kind of interesting thing is they have the kid from E.T. playing Jack Nicholson. Oh, okay. Um, they have a little cameo appearance from Jack Torrance with uh, Danny Lloyd playing. Uh, apparently for a few minutes they were thinking about maybe the but Nicholson's like, nah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he probably wouldn't be too... I feel like he'd be difficult to work with now on anything. I think you could work with him, but you really have to like play ball with him, you know? I feel like you'd write a script and you'd be like, here's the lines I'd like you to say, and he'd be like, these are the lines I'm going to say, and then that'd be the end of the discussion. Oh, he, yeah, definitely. He wouldn't put like, up with any Kubrick rules around as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I want all my scenes for me to be sitting down and my wife is 70 years younger than I am. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So that's, uh, that's all I have to say about don't really bother with um, Maybe it's a novelty, watch it one time. Yeah. And then never look at it again or think about it. Don't think about it ever again. Um, okay. So, as, as a horror film, like, what? Yeah. Are there any parts in The Shining that are actually, like, scary? Now, well, again, can't really ask now. We're, well, like, you know, yeah, we're well, yeah, places. we're not that, that, but I mean, yeah, like, actually, bits where you're like, oh shit, this is because the only two bits that like really freak me out is the old woman and the bear, but that's like, that's like yeah, a dude old, sucking old someone off and an old so woman, hurty. yeah, yeah, those are two like really normal things old women and a guy sucking a guy off. Like, that's why am I, why, is it, why are those the two things that scare me? In a film with like haunted twins and blood elevators and all this other stuff, a man with like a man Jack Nicholson chops down a door with an axe and it does I don't even flinch, and then there's an old woman and I'm like I need to look away because you've seen it parodied so many times though like you as you said before like you've seen it from The Simpsons you've seen it countless times been referenced and parodied yeah. so like it's you were very much desensitized to it before you actually saw it I would say that's probably true but, yeah. <laughs> Matt Groening didn't have the stones to do the old woman scene. There yeah. is one funny bit in Doctor Sleep where, because Danny's an alcoholic in it, all right, and he wakes up after one night stand with like an alcoholic mother, and like the baby's crying in the other room, and instead of helping the baby, just steals money from the mother and runs away. That is pretty. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. That is funny. Yeah, yeah. Is he like a real piece of shit scene. as an adult? Is he like a bad guy? Yeah, but then he goes to AA like a fucking loser. Oh. Uh, and then he's got to fight yeah. his inner demons and. What, Josh? Jack, yeah. Jack, Jack Tarrant never fought his inner demons. He just killed his family. <laughs> he played with them. He let yeah. them take over. He did. So uh, again, so he's he's the first one to break the cycle. Then is he? Uh, of... I won't reveal what happens. No, no. I mean, sorry. In The Shining, like his his. Uh, all the other caretakers kill their families. Well, sorry, he doesn't break the cycle. Yeah. He's only one to fail. He, he, yeah, he, he fails. Breaks the cycle, yeah, he, he couldn't yeah. even get the job done. Yeah, he yeah. fails, yeah. Um, also, in the novel, the the hotel blows up. So it's kind of like it's, it's finished. Yeah, the boiler, isn't it? Boiler yeah. blows up. Yeah. 
Yeah. So oh, instead of burning happens. alive, he freezes to death. It's like polar opposites. Pretty clever. Pretty clever. Anyway, that's yeah. that's all I can say about uh, the Shining. I think that was a good episode. Yeah. What one final thing? HBO are currently working on a TV show called Overlook. Ooh. Oh. Is it? Is it told the story told from the hotel's point of view? I think it's set in the fifties. Okay. So is that, make it that what, the Scatman? Is that the Dick Halloran prequel that you talked uh, about, or is it a different? The Scatman movie got cancelled. Oh, I see. It's a shame. I want to see Scatman. Wait, so it is a shame. Is it going to be set during when, like the when Charles Grady or or what? Like we don't know. Does it? Okay. Mm. It's going to be um, produced by uh, uh, what's his name, J.J. Abrams. Oh, Ugh. yeah. So, I don't know like why. Be like a Star Wars film. He's every, every yeah. time I see his name uh, attached to something, I get excited because I really like Lost, and then I realize all of his stuff is shit. Even the bits of Lost he did are quite shit, and all the films he's done have been pretty bad. Well, J.J. didn't really yeah. do Lost. Other people did Lost. He just kind of. Like I know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was pretty. He he left Lost to go do I think Mission Impossible yeah. seventeen. He did I know, one of the bad Mission Impossibles. Um, so yeah, I don't know. He did all those bad Star Wars and Star Treks and yes, uh, garbage. Well, look, I tell you what, we're <laughs> gonna finish up there. 